Our scripture passage this evening is Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 17. We're going to read beginning in verse 1. It can be found in your few Bibles on page 1,756. Pew Bible, page 1,756. Here now the reading of God's holy word. Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin and sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature, but according to the spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin. Yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. That's for the reading of God's Word, may he bless it to his people. We're also going to be looking at Lord's Day 20 on the back of your Green Psalter hymnals in the Heidelberg Catechism. It can be found on the back on page 27, Lord's Day 20. Uh, we can read the answer together with one voice. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? First, he, as well as the Father and the Son, is eternal God. Second, he has been given to me personally, so that, by true faith, he makes me share in Christ in all his blessings, comforts me, and remains with me forever. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, may your Holy Spirit accompany the preaching of your word, this evening, that through your word we may come to know what Christ has done for us. 
and how what Christ has done for us, what Christ has done for us, has come to make its home in us and with us by the Holy Spirit. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever had this experience yourself, but a few, a while ago, this happened to me. I was getting in bed, and I had my phone charger here because I charged my phone at night, and I plugged my charger in, and it wasn't charging. And I kind of cleaned the edge off, you know, the end of it off, and sometimes that Look in there, sometimes dust gets in that hole and he doesn't let you connect. And I kept, and it was dark in the room too. I kept plugging my phone in. It's not charging. What is going on here? And then I realized why it wasn't charging. <laughs> wasn't plugged in, right? Um, and I think that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. Because. John Calvin famously said that as long as Christ is outside of us, he's nothing to us. It's not until we are united with Christ, that Christ is within us, that he means anything. And so some people may say that the Heidelberg Catechism is a little short change on the Holy Spirit, but what is actually happening here is that everything that we've talked about already when it comes to God the Father and God the Son, that what we believe and how it benefits us, right? None of that would be true for us if not the Holy Spirit had not come to make those things true to us, to bring those benefits into us, to bring Christ into us. So that Christ is no longer outside of us. And if you wanted to think of a phone charger, it would be like, this is Christ and all his benefits. And this is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, what he does is he plugs us in to Christ. And so when we hear all those words... Even in the Gospels about how Christ is the vine and we are the branches, we must remind ourselves that the reason why we have this living union with Christ is because of what the Holy Spirit has done for us in plugging us in to Christ. I know that's a bit of a simplistic representation, but I think it hopefully is helpful to you. So... This is what I want us to talk about tonight. Our theme is God the Holy Spirit gives us life in Christ. God, the Holy Spirit, gives us life in Christ. We're going to look at two points. The identity of the Holy Spirit. (coughs) 
And secondly, the work of the Holy Spirit. The identity of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, it correlates with the Catechism's question. It says, first, the Holy Spirit, as well as the Father and the Son, is eternal God. That's the identity of the Holy Spirit. And then what it accomplishes, what He accomplishes, is the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's look first at this first point, the identity of the Holy Spirit. What do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit Remember, we're in the Catechism, we're talking about the Apostles' Creed, um, what we confess when we confess the, the Apostles' Creed. And if you think about the Apostles' Creed, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, a holy uh, Catholic Church, a communion of saints, so on and so forth. And what we need to understand about the Holy Spirit and what, what is going to come after when we talk about the Catholic Church and the communion of saints and all these things is these are realities brought about by the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit in uniting us by faith, through faith, to Jesus Christ, the vine, that we may be the branches that experience and participate and receive his life, right? Um, in the Nicene Creed, it says, I believe in the Holy Spirit, uh, the, the giver of life. That's why I named the catechism or the sermon tonight, giver of life. The Holy Spirit is the giver of life, but we need to understand the Holy Spirit doesn't have life of its own that he gives. He has the life that Christ has provided that he gives. And that's why um, what we've often talked about when it comes to the Holy Spirit is that redemption accomplished is the work of Christ. Christ accomplishes the work. Redemption applied to us is the work of the Holy Spirit. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the identity of the Holy Spirit. Um, the identity of the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit. We believe in the Trinity, the triune nature of God. And there is one particular passage that I think will help us understand what I mean by God, the Holy Spirit, what I mean by saying the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the Holy Trinity, uh, and that's Matthew 28, what we call the Great Commission, right? Um, Christ tells his disciples what? Go, therefore, and baptize in the name of Of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, maybe most of us have said this verse so often um, that we don't think about this grammatically. But what we have here is a singular name, and a plural, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, if you wanted to be grammatically correct, you would say, go therefore and baptize in the names of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But what is being communicated here in Matthew 28 is that there is one being, one name, right, Three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
Go therefore and baptize in the name, one being, of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three persons. That's why God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is not three gods, but one God, three persons. Now, I know some of you are probably going, Carrie, you've said that many times. I still don't get it. Hey, that's part of the mystery that there's an aspect to what we confess about the Trinity that is beyond our grasping, beyond our understanding. But what we can say is that we worship one God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in one name, one being of God, on three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. The identity of the Holy Spirit is seen in the baptism of Jesus Christ. Christ goes into the Jordan. John the Baptist sees the Spirit of God descending like a dove. And then we hear a voice from heaven, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. The identity of the Holy Spirit is that He is one of the three persons of the Trinity. It is not a force. He is not a force like in Star Wars, the force be with you. An impersonal power, right? The Holy Spirit is not that. He is a person. He. I remember when I was in college, I read the book by Francis Chan called The Forgotten God. I don't know if some of you maybe have read that. And I realized that there was not much work done in my upbringing to teach me about the personhood of the Holy Spirit. And I'm still getting over it today because I don't know if you've heard, but sometimes I struggle calling the Holy Spirit He and sometimes I call Him It. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He is a person. That's why Ananias and Sapphira at the beginning of the book of Acts, Peter can say, you lied to the Holy Spirit. You can't lie to an it. You can't lie to an impersonal power. You lie to a person. The Holy Spirit is God. And God, the Holy Spirit, gives us life in Christ. So let's talk about that second point then. This is the identity of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about the work of the Holy Spirit. The second part of the catechism says, what do you believe concerning the Holy Spirit? Second, he has been given to me personally so that by true faith, he makes me share in Christ and all his blessings. He comforts me. Remains with me. 
Um, when I said that the work of the Holy Spirit, um, what he does, is like plugging us into Christ, right? That's where this comes from. Share in Christ and all his benefits. The Holy Spirit unites us with Christ. It creates faith in us that we may live united with Christ, experiencing the power of Christ. He's been given to me personally that by true faith he makes me share in Christ and all his blessings and remains with me forever. Romans chapter 8, Paul is talking about this. Life through the Spirit contrasted with life according to the flesh or what our translation here calls the sinful nature, right? Um, and this is something that we need to get into our heads, what, what Paul says here in, in verse 5 and following. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of a sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The simple mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. Uh, if you are in the flesh, in the sinful nature, you cannot. The word here is not able. If the spirit is outside of you, this is your condition. When you go back and you read in the catechism, the section on sin and misery, it says, I have a natural tendency to hate my neighbor, right? Um, this is what it's talking about, the inability to please God, the inability to see God or to see Christ is the condition outside of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, outside the Spirit's work in our lives. This is our condition. We're unplugged. We're unplugged. No power. Christ says in verse 9, You, however are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, you see what he said there? If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, the understanding is the only way that Christ is in you is by the Spirit. Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. So redemption accomplished, the death, burial, the resurrection of Christ is a work that he does, right? And we talked about this when I told you that his death is our death, right? His resurrection is our resurrection. His ascension is our ascension. Because we are united with him, we experience all those benefits. 
But the conduit, the way in which his death is our death, his resurrection is our resurrection, his ascension is our ascension, is by the work of the Holy Spirit. So when we participate in the death of Christ by putting to death the sinful nature, the flesh that remains with us, we do so in the power and the operation of the Holy Spirit. When we seek to grow in godliness and holiness and our sanctification through the resurrection, we do so in the power and the operation of God, the Holy Spirit, who gives us the life of Christ, who gives us life in Christ. When, on that day, we ascend and are glorified, we will do so in the power and the operation of the Holy Spirit. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bring home what Christ has accomplished in his life is to bring home the redemption that he purchased and apply it to us. To unite us to Christ that we may be recipients of all his blessings. And this is what I want us to think of when we read that, all his blessings. All Christ's blessings that he receives as the Son of God are ours because we are his, united to him by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's work is comprehensive. He creates faith in us. Or what some people call regeneration, right? He keeps us in our faith, grows us in our faith. This is all the work of the Holy Spirit. This is what Paul is speaking of when he says, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the sinful nature, to the flesh, to live according to it, to continue to live in a way that says we are unable, we have an inability to please God because we have the spirit of God. The Christ lives in us. Our obligation is to live according to the spirit, to put to death the misdeeds of the body, Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. The Spirit we have received is a Spirit that is not enslaved to sin. It's a Spirit of sonship, of being longing to God, as being children of God. Therefore, may we strive 
keep in step with the Spirit. May He do the work of continually applying the death of Christ to us, the resurrection of Christ to us. And on that day, may He bring us home in glory when we share in the ascension of Christ. The Holy Spirit, He's the one that plugs us in. Plugs us in to the life of Christ. God the Holy Spirit gives us life in Christ. John Calvin once said, as long as Christ is outside of us, he's no good for us. He does nothing for us. Christ must be brought into us. We must be united to him for him to be of any benefit to us. And on that great day of Pentecost, Christ sent that promised Holy Spirit, the one he told his disciples he would send, the helper, the advocate, the comforter. And Christ said, it is better that I leave and that when I leave, you'll do even greater things than I. And what he meant by that was, when the Holy Spirit comes and plugs you into the life of the triune God, you're going to be a spirit-empowered people. You're going to be the worshipers that the Father was looking for in spirit and in truth. You're going to be people who go out into the world and by the Spirit of God live for the kingdom of God. Using your spiritual gifts in the church and outside the church to bless the world that God has created. It is better that I leave so that you don't Depend upon my physical presence because I can't be everywhere. It's better that I leave that you can be plugged into me spiritually and have my life with you everywhere you go. And may we as the people of God recognize and acknowledge the great work the Holy Spirit has done in our lives and will do in our lives. And may we praise Christ for uniting us to him by the Spirit of God. And may we stay plugged in. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. that you have brought to us the life of Christ and the power and operation of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, Lord, that as your people, we may be united to Christ and share in all his blessings. And Lord, may we be comforted by the presence of your Holy Spirit and know that by your Spirit, you and your Son are with us always 
even to the very end of the age. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.